Thank you. Thank you. You know, I just got to point out some. Just step up here just a minute. Uh 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 I mean, look at look at this. I mean, all through worship, I say, man, you look good tonight. That's really? awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Ain't got good? Praise the Lord. Greet two or three people. Greet two or three people. Tell them you're glad they're here tonight. Can you do that? Praise the Lord. Hey, Tony, how are you? Bless you. How are you, my dear? Great to see you again. Bless you. Glad you're here tonight. Honored to. Hey, Tony. Bless you. What a joy to see you. You're blessed, eh? And, every, <laughs> and you too. You're looking good. Rachel, good to see you. Bless you guys. Bless you, bless you. Praise the Lord. Y'all had a good afternoon? I'll tell you how tired I was. I, I had a wonderful meal. We had a little fellowship with Pastor Tom and his beloved bride. And uh, I ate way too much once again. And then I tried to sleep. So I kind of was there with my eyes shut, you know, trying to fool myself like I was sleeping. And so about an hour and a half later, I got up and said, Heidi, I don't, I don't think I fell asleep at all. She said, you were, you were sleeping. Have you ever slept and didn't even know you were sleeping? I guess one is, is tired. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Lord's good. Y'all having a good day, though? Y'all well. You know you're loved completely. You got to believe it now. It's one thing to know about the love of God, but John says you have to believe it too, to know and believe the love God has for you. And uh, if, if, you can, if you can believe the truth that the cross is a victory story, that it's a success story, and that you're included in Christ before the Father, it'll change your worldview of you and you'll begin to enjoy your own company. You'll change your worldview of you and you'll like yourself. Had and I were talking this afternoon. We were talking about a few little family issues and things. And we were talking about when we were growing up. Like I think in one of the services I mentioned, she said, I never heard you tell the story about your father. And maybe him being angry. Was he, was he angry a lot when you were a kid and why you would be in the back of the yard? And I said, well, my, my dad had, had moments. You know, he was a, he was, he is, he's a wonderful man, strong, you know, uh, hardworking man, but, but he had an edge on him that, that if you didn't get him in a joy moment, you know, it's, it's, it's terrifying. And so we were talking about little, uh, stories as, as young kids growing up and what we could remember and not, not remember and things. And I, you know, sometimes I think people's worldview of God is pretty intimidated because they don't think they're really accepted as good before God. They look at themselves, they got bad self-image of themselves, they look at themselves as rotten, good for nothing, losers, can't do nothing right, sinners, have bad thoughts, you know, sinful thoughts, the wrong actions, sinful actions, can't always stay in faith, can't always have their confession, all these things, and then we just judge ourselves and pile on ourselves because we think we have to qualify. But the cross changes the whole equation. And the cross puts the life of Jesus on your side. It's just like that announcement, you know, this morning that we talked about that the shepherds heard in the life of Jesus. God is with us. His name's Emmanuel. God with us. He's not against us. And this is a foreign thought to religion. See, the first covenant, even though it gives you access to really the Father's blessing, it depended on your effort to perform perfectly.
And so that's what got so disappointing to people. And that's why sin was always on the conscience conscious of people. But in the new covenant, you know, sin should no longer be on our conscience. You say, how can that be when you still sin? It sounds like a strange picture, but the blood of Jesus is so dynamic and so transforming. And it's ever working. It's ever cleansing. And so I'm trying to tell myself the truth that my position before the Father is not based on me. It's based on Jesus. I'm accepted in the beloved. And so the, the work of the cross is really a success story. It's a victory story. And I'm included in Christ before the Father. And when I renew my mind to that, I really am beginning to enjoy me. I can afford to be free. I can enjoy my liberty in living. My liberty in Christ. Because the treasure is what you're evaluating. It's what Jesus has done. And that treasure moves me. And that treasure purifies me. That treasure sanctifies me. That treasure is my holiness. That treasure is my, you know, righteousness. That treasure is everything. It's so, so it's wonderful to be included. I want to talk a little bit tonight about the treasure. I think I was going to show a video. If I show a video, I'll do it at the end, okay? Let's, let's kind of put that on pause uh, if we get there at all. But I, I just want to talk to you a little bit about evaluating, you know, the treasure. Those of you who weren't here this morning, like it was said, uh, it's free. Uh, you can just get the, the teaching. You should get it and go over it again and again. It'll help your heart. It'll make your heart beat really smoothly. Hallelujah. And uh, it give you a thrill about evaluating the treasure and the treasure moving you and motivating you to go and do something you never thought you would do. Buy the field. And you never appraise the value of the field. You pay the price no matter what it is because what is of value is the expression or manifestation of the treasure within a field. And that's the beautiful thing when God always stirs my heart, whether around the world or in America. And right now we're in the midst of something that's so thrilling to my spirit. And I have certain people talk to me about this assignment I'm in all of a sudden. And uh, they're, they're nervous about, you know, maybe what I'm paying or something. I said, listen, I am not acquiring something as an investment. I'm not, I'm not trying to buy anything to flip a property and make profit. I'm buying fields so there can be manifestations of treasure in the hearts and lives of people for transformation. That's why what you saw in the video this morning about Lebanon, the field we paid X amount of dollars for, a ton of money. But who gives a rip? No, it's paid in full. Hallelujah. And, and what happens is the treasure is the prominent and dominant expression that God loves you completely. And having people get a 2020 view of the finished work of Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Lamb, like I said this morning, who was inspected, so you're accepted. And that's a hard thing, I think, for most Christian people to get their eyes off themselves and put their eyes on himself. It was himself who bore your sin. It was himself, Jesus, who bore your sickness. And most of us are always inspecting us, and that's why we don't like us very well. And so what we then willfully do is inspect those around us and make sure there's others quite not as good as us, huh? To make us feel better about ourselves. And that's why I've come to the conclusion about myself like the Apostle Paul. I'm the chiefest of sinners. 
I've, I've, just, I've just agreed with the reality of any sin at one, whatever level. If, you, if you're guilty in one, the Bible says you're guilty of the whole boatload. <laughs> so you might as well just understand your need for massive love and your need for massive grace. And it's thrilling when you come to that place because you understand that your inclusion before the Father is now not up to you. It's up to the one who loves you. The one who died for you. And this is the beautiful thing. So you're included in him. Nobody likes to live a life excluded. Nobody likes to be on the outside. Whether you're a little kid in school and there's three or four friends and they don't let you play in their game. Nobody likes to be an outsider. I remember, you know, as a little kid, I was so shy. And even at uh, uh, recess. Now, Heidi, you've never heard this story. But I used to play marbles. I, since then, maybe I've lost my marbles. But anyway, I, I, I used to play marbles. This is in Michigan, you know. And, you know, kids, kids can be cliquish and whatever. And, I, you know, you remember standing off. Nobody likes exclusion. You never like being the last person picked on a team or, you know, the teams are divided evenly. And, oh, you're the last one. Sorry, you can't play. You know, what a bummer. And sometimes people, people live a life, they think they're excluded before God because they think all the visible people in the body of Christ must be such holy, wonderful saints. You know, I know this week they were uh, in the Catholic Church. And I thank God for all expressions of God's people around the world. Listen, we are connected with a lot of Eastern Orthodox people in the Middle East. I love them all. Hallelujah. Doesn't bug me a bit. Listen, let's talk about what Jesus has done for the whole wide world, whatever, whatever you call yourself. But, you know, I was just kind of enjoying this. Uh, you know, they're going to make the former Pope a saint. And I like Pope John Paul. He, he was a phenomenal Precious believer, you know, and a good leader. But, uh, you know, you have to qualify to be a saint in the Catholic Church, right? You need two validated miracles. You need different things and all these kind of things. But the New Testament tells me I'm a saint. Hallelujah. And the New Testament says you're a saint in Christ Jesus. See, you're accepted before God regardless of what you've ever done and regardless of whatever man says validates you. Your acceptance before God has got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with Jesus. You're included before the Father in Him. And when you think of that and imagine that, after a while, it'll give your heart a little thrill. I mean, it's kind of the, it's, 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 it's the kind of love that is totally undeserving. And that's what's beautiful about the love of God. It has nothing to do with your merit, your effort in any capacity. And it makes some people mad. Because it makes people who live like losers and squandered everything, and yet they're included in the Father's love even from a distance, you know, it makes them sulk in the back room of the Father's house. And never party over the celebration of somebody else's inclusion. And that's why I love to hear stories about people who are surprised by the massive love of God. And I I never want to take offense to, to the favor of the Father toward people. And I want everybody to be included. I want to tell them they're included. It's really a remarkable thing. So you're included before the Father in Christ. Because in Christ, you have everything you'll ever need. In Christ Jesus, in Him, you'll, uh, you are everything He is. In other words, His identity, in a way, is your identity in the earth. And we just have to believe it and walk in it. So let me, let me go through a few things tonight. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, let's look at verses 6 and 7. 
The Bible says, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the beloved. Notice this is all God's work, none of yours. He made it happen. He, he, he made you accepted before Him, not based on you, but in the beloved. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful picture of your pre-approval before the Father. Just because you had the courage to look to the Lamb of God and, and, and really believe in Him and follow Him. And because you did, God made it where you're accepted before Him in the Beloved. It says in Him, verse 7, we have redemption through His blood. Really, the blood of Jesus is the currency of the kingdom. You know, a lot, a lot of times, you know, I used to always teach that faith is the currency of the kingdom. And, but it's really the faith of Jesus we live by. It's the blood of the Lamb that, that calls you good to God. You can accept the fact that you're accepted. That's faith. But it's really the blood that makes you good. You know, I tell the story a lot about the Passover in the Old Testament, which is really types and shadows of Jesus and his work. But in the Passover, they were told to put the blood over the door, right? Because death was visiting the whole region and in anybody where the blood wasn't, you know, evident and prominent, you know, the death angel would visit that household and the firstborn would die. Remember that story? So what people had to have confidence do when they heard the news, say, my, 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 is this really going to happen? And whether you're a nervous wreck or whether you're shouting at each other, you applied the blood, you celebrated the lamb and you feasted. And whether you sat in the house saying, thank you, Jesus, Hosanna, hallelujah, glory to God, I'm full of faith. Or if you sat in there like a nervous wreck saying, dear God in heaven, you know. Whether, whether you were in faith or out of faith, your inclusion was, was based on the blood. And so that's why always, always have your mind, even when this little heart gets nervous. And this, this guy gets nervous. I'm a nervous preacher sometimes. My flesh gets absolutely trembling with things. Sometimes. I'm just honest with you. I, I don't have perfect faith. But thank God I rest in the fact of the blood of the Lamb. The blood is my covering. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm righteous. I'm complete in Christ Jesus. And I begin to tell myself the truth. And of course, faith comes when you're hearing the word. Hallelujah. The, the, the word of what Jesus has done. And so it's a wonderful thing. So it goes on to say then in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. What a pretty picture of you. What a pretty picture of you. See, most people don't like how they look. You know, most of us go to the stumble to the mirror in the morning and think, Dear God, is that me? You know what I mean? Huh? <laughs> and then you say, Oh man, I'm aging. I got these spots, this, that. None of you do that though, but I know, <clears throat> I know I do that. My wife never does it. She just looks in the mirror and says, Man, Keith's lucky. Hallelujah. Huh? No, see, <laughs> no. But see, most of, us, most of us minimize ourselves naturally and most of us minimize ourselves spiritually. Most of us don't think we look good before God. Most of us think, I didn't pray enough this week. I didn't read my Bible enough this week. I didn't confess enough this week. See, most of us think that our acceptance before the Father is all on us. And you think the Father lives day in and day out with eternal disappointment of you. He doesn't see you for you. He sees you in the Lamb. He sees you in Christ. And then I tell you, when your heart's so captured by this kind of love that calls you good before God. Remember, the life of Jesus shows God is good to you. But in the death of Jesus, Jesus shows you that you are good to God. 
Because of what he did. He took your sin. He gave you righteousness. He did it in his death and in his risenness. His death shows you, you look good to God. But most people don't believe that. Most people look to themselves and they're disappointed with themselves. But this, this two, two verses that I read paints a pretty picture of you, if you can believe it. See, faith requires you to believe things that uh, don't make really any sense. Because you and me in our humanity would rather depend on ourselves for everything. That's why faith is scary. Because now you have to depend on the sufficiency of God. That's why ultimate grace is very scary. Because it has everything to do with an unmerited position. And we always want to take credit. We always want to celebrate ourselves and tell ourselves how wonderful we are. I've come to a place of personal bankruptcy in and of myself. And I like myself this way. Hallelujah. I love to depend on nothing but the sufficiency and the great grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let him ride on my heart and surprise me with treasure of his love. And this is how I'm living my life now. And I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I get so excited. I'm jolly about life. And in my weak moments of my, of my mind or my soul or my body or my whatever, I refuse to call myself according to me before the Father. I, ref, I, I, I choose to see myself looking good before God because of the Lamb. And I tell you what, it's in that kind of love that Keith Hershey can change. It's in that kind of love that Keith Hershey then doesn't have to be grumpy, doesn't have to be angry, doesn't have to be whatever my flesh failure was, that I can change my way of thinking, I can repent, I can apologize, I can move forward in life. But it's understanding my view before the Father, not based on my sin. I just got to look back to the Father and understand He's standing there even at a distance. And when He sees me turn to check to see if He's mad or if He's glad, He'll come running. All he wants is you to give him a gaze. Just behold the lamb. It's amazing. Wow. And when it saturates you, you're changed. You're changed. So this is a pretty picture of you. See, most people don't think they look that good. Or most people don't think they got it that good. We take our personal opinions. We talk about our insecurities. We talk about our relationship, you know, weaknesses and failures. We talk about our weakness before God. We always minimize ourselves. But we got to have the mindset of what Jesus has decreed about us, what the Father has spoken, that we're accepted before the Father in love. We need to live that uh, like, uh, you know, every, every, all is well. Instead of living like we're in trouble, you know. You know, when you live like you're in trouble, you don't want to come close. And that's why so many precious people, bless their hearts. They probably have a love for God in, a, you know, in the best way they know how, but they stay at a distance because they think God's going to get them. You know, who, who, who wants to have a fellowship with somebody who's going to sit there and tell you everything is wrong with you? Yeah. That you're a sinner, you're going to hell, you're a loser, you're a bum. You know, thank you very much. I already knew that. I don't, need, I, don't need, I don't need you to pile on. I need somebody to tell me that Jesus Christ has included me in his work so I can have faith and believe. And then all the things that are wrong me can be transitioned and can change. You and I have been redeemed. Somebody say amen. amen. 
God brought us back, or bought us back, so to speak, so we can look at ourselves differently through the lens of what Jesus has done for us. He purchased us, and we can look in the mirror of Jesus, or the mirror of Jesus, the living word, and we can see really how good we look. Because you all really look good to God. Because you're all in the beloved. Jesus is the revelation and the reality of our completeness. Jesus is the revelation and the reality of your completeness before God. It's really remarkable. The Bible says in John 1 verse 16, And of His fullness we have all received. And grace for grace. We are in Him. Faith puts you there. He is in us. Faith put Him there. He has set up shop in us. He has tabernacled Himself us. It's a mystery. It's hard to explain, but we're included in Him. I keep telling myself I'm included. I'm included. My good day, my bad day, I'm included. I'm telling myself the truth. God made it so I am accepted in the beloved. It takes all fear out of your life. See, when you're developed in the love of God, fear can't have a dominant voice. There's no fear, the Bible says, in God's love for you. And fear will always give you torment, make you stand at the back of the property because, you, dear God, you think the Father's mad. Keep you at a distance. You'll be a Christian, you know, out in the backwoods kind of thing. Maybe. Just out of fear and fear of death and fear of judgment and fear of all these things. But the Bible says when you're rescued with the treasure of God's love for you, there's no more fear in you. And there's no more fear of judgment. And most Christian people, they're just kind of addicted to judgment. They've got a worldview that God's going to get you, you low down, good for nothing rascal, huh? I tell you what, I'm choosing to just rest in the Father's love and realize that every bit of judgment for every bit of my sin has been judged eternally in the body of Jesus Christ. And I say hallelujah to the Lamb. And I tell you, the other things that are going to be judged in our lives, our works, works that are self-made will burn. Works that are established in the grace of God, you can think about it in the eternity because it was the sufficiency of God's love for you that had it happen. But I tell you what, everything else that's of me, let it burn. I don't need to think about a thing concerning my sufficiency in the future. Let it be burn away. I tell you what, I just want to enjoy the fellowship of the love of God. And the Bible teaches that in those ages to come, He's going to manifest to us the riches of His grace. It's the treasure that keeps on speaking. It's the love of God that keeps on flowing and, 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 and manifesting. And it can't be fully explained in this life. And it can't be fully explained in our death. It cannot be explained in the eternities to come. It's indescribable. And that's why, you know, to understand you're included in Him, man, that's, that's a hard thing to figure out. I'm just calling it good. Hallelujah for me. Faith says what God says concerning me, I accept it. And I tell you, you believe it, and suddenly, man, you act different, you live different. You have faith for your future. You have faith for all those around you. And it takes judgment out of your life. It's beautiful. It frees you. So, you're included in Him. We may now know ourselves in Christ, even as we've always been known by God in Christ. God's always known us this way, but we haven't. See, do you know that the mission of Jesus 
was really to give you an understanding or a comprehension of your true identity. Your true origin, which is in Christ. John 14, 20 says it this way. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. I mean, that's a mystery. That's hard to explain. The message says it this way in John 14, 20. I will not leave you orphaned. This is actually verses 18 through 20. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. At that moment, you will know absolutely that I'm in my Father and you're in me and I'm in you. So Paul's teaching in many of his epistles in some ways is an explanation to the best way one can convey what Jesus was talking about. It's the mystery that was hidden. It's the revelation that Jesus Christ is in you. And you are in him. It's remarkable. The revelation of Christ in you. You're in him. He's in you. Your life right now is hid in Christ. And in God, in Colossians 1, actually 27, very famous verse, you all probably know it, speaks to this. It says, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Remember, the Gentiles were the outsiders. The Jewish people were the insiders from the old system. The new system came where Jesus Christ broke down every wall and he included everyone, the whole world. In fact, from God's perspective... He was very universal in his work. If on the cross it says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting the sins of the world against them, so we can say to the world, hey, bro, be reconciled to God. Believe in the one who believes in you. Accept this kind of massive love. Accept the fact that you're accepted. Accept the fact that you're good to God as you are. Most people are stunned with that because most people think they have to qualify. And that's why most people beat themselves over the head with condemnation and judgment because of their failures, their weaknesses. That's why Heidi's story yesterday that she shared to the ladies to me is so enriching and and empowering. Because the pain all of us have from life's choices and bad decisions and mistakes or however the devil deceived us. Listen, let's get over it. Let's rest in God's love for us and let's take God's opinion of us right now. And it, it, takes, it takes a daily process to tell yourself the truth. Somebody told me this morning, they said, Keith, I always enjoy your preaching, but he said, I'm still my own best preacher. You taught me that. Years ago, I had a little <laughs> the idea that you have to become your own favorite preacher because nobody else will tell you this truth consistently enough where your worldview, your mind can be changed. You've got to tell yourself the truth of who you are in him and who he is. In you, So anticipate the revelation of Christ in you, in you and you in Christ. Jesus is the author and he's the conclusion of your faith. He's the conclusion of it. And so we live by him and for him and through him. He's the accurate measure of the blueprint of our design. I love that phrase. This is actually by a South African guy. What's that brother's name? He's the accurate measure of the blueprint 
of our design. Uh, you remember the, the brother's name? Heidi? Heidi, you're not much help to me tonight. I mean, what am I going to do with you, my sister? Huh? Listen, I'm up here struggling, struggling, struggling. I go to you for answers, and there's nothing there. <laughs> uh, the, the Bible, uh, he wrote the Bible. The, the, the translation, he did the translation. Yeah. Remember his name? Okay. Well, we clarified that. I'm sure that's very helpful to everybody. Okay. Uh, he is, Jesus is the accurate measure of the blueprint of our design. See, Jesus came to show you who you are before the Father. It's awesome. Actually, this, this Bible that I, uh, Heidi and I are trying to think of the name, you should get it. Now, if you get it, it'll, it'll shock you. It's called the Mirror Bible. You can get it online or on the Internet. Mirror, M-I-R-R-O-R. It's just translations of Paul's writing. I think it costs you 20 bucks. It's worth every cent. I bought boxes of it, give it away to people. I have it on my, uh, my iPad, Kindle, right? I think you can get it for eight or nine bucks or something on Kindle. But read it. It'll just make you say, wow, you've got to be kidding me. It's thrilling. It'll shock you, but it'll make you understand the revelation of God's love for you as you go through the, this, this explanation of being in Christ. <laughs> Ooh, glory. It's rich, man. It's rich. <clears throat> Look at the Bible says in 1 John 2, verse 8. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you. Notice what's true about you is true about Jesus. What's true about you is what's true about Jesus. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is now shining. We are in him who is true. First John 5.20 says it this way. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true. We are in him who is true. We read earlier, what is true in him is true in you. Most of us don't know how to believe that. It's like, you got to be kidding me. See, before the Father, that's the Father's opinion of you. And, and you, would, you would live in corresponding action with that truth if you just believe it. It just It's the massive treasure of the love of God that calls you good before the Father, independent of any of your effort. Faith gets you there, and then that love of God transforms you, and faith changes you, and you find yourself living a whole different kind of life. It's, it's, it's beautiful. We are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true and the eternal life. The New Testament, the revelation of the Apostle Paul is to convey to all of us that grace and peace is distinguishing us from what we used to be. It's awesome. It's awesome. Grace and peace express the sum total of every beneficial, beneficial purpose of God toward us. And it's all realized in Christ. So behold Jesus. You know, gaze into Him. Understand your true likeness. Discover the integrity of your redeemed innocence. You're good to God. You got to, you got to come to a place where you're stunned with it. 
I tell you, I went through a process in my little life about six years ago where the love of God gripped me in a way. I always thought I'd, you know, preach the love of God. I always thought I preached, you know, things. But I realized when I analyzed a lot of things, I'd tell people that I really put some things under the, the system of, of qualifying effort. So God, like, overhauled my whole worldview. And it was all by really what I taught about this morning, understanding the value of the treasure. And I tell you, it's been the most freeing and thrilling thing for this gospel preacher. I enjoy my own company. I enjoy other people. It's, it's ridded me of judgment, of, of whatever. The worst sinners in the world. I'm, 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 man, I see them redeemed. I sit with the sinners. I like them. I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy announcing the treasure. It's thrilling. No more personal striving. Trying to become more like Jesus through all my effort to make me feel good about me. Huh. No, I'm already secure. I'm already secure. Now all I do is let him live through me. I don't try to be like him. I let him be who he is through me. It's a whole different thing. See, in him, in Jesus, we have the forgiveness of sins. We found that in Ephesians 1, 7. In him, we have the wisdom of God. That's 1 Corinthians 1, 30. In him, we have the righteousness of God. That's 1 Corinthians 1, 30. In him, we have sanctification or holiness. See, Jesus is your holiness before the Father. Jesus is your sanctification before God. You have it. In him, we have redemption. It's awesome. All that's found in 1 Corinthians 1.30. So in him, we have things that he has. In him, in him, we are really who he is. In him, we are accepted. In the beloved, we read that, Ephesians 1.6. In him, we are complete. There's nothing lacking. You're complete in him. See, most of us think, you've got to be kidding me, me, complete. Before God, I'm complete. Uh huh. In Christ, you are complete. That's Colossians 2.10. In Him, you are, or you have, we are, reigning in life. Yeah. Romans 5.17. You know, you reign in life through an abundance of grace. Not just a little dabble, do you? It's an abundance of grace. Yes. People say, Keith, you're just too hooked to this love stuff. You have this easy love, love, you know, hippie message. Absolutely. I've signed up for it. I've signed up for the massive love of God in Christ. I reign in life through an abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness. Righteousness that has nothing to do with my effort. It's a gift. It's awesome. Romans 5, 17. In Him we are more than conquerors. Romans 8, 37. How are we more, how are we more than conquerors? We know that we're, we're more than conquerors. How are we more than conquerors? Through the one who loved us. Read the whole verse. It has to do with the treasure. In Him we are overcomers in this life. That's why we can be victorious and have faith-filled declarations about our life. Every day live in the revelation of abiding or being in Christ. And this just requires your trust, your, your belief, your, your, your faith. That you look good to God. That you're righteous before the Father all because of the Lamb. 
And this is the kind of faith that pleases God. See, people, you know, always quote, well, without faith, it's not possible to please God. So they, they take that to every little thing of life. But really, Paul talks about faith for your righteous position. See, there's nothing that you can do to make you right before God based on you. It's a righteousness by faith that pleases God. Getting out of yourself into himself and saying, okay, cool, I'll be accepted in the beloved. God says, I like that. It pleases the Father. Without faith for your righteous position, it's impossible to please God. You've got to believe that he is and believe that he's a rewarder. You know that verse, you can quote it, Hebrews eleven six. Faith allows you to rest in his love for you. That's why I like to tell people faith is no longer a work. You only work, you only labor to enter into rest. I used to make faith such a hard, a hard, a hard activity for me. Well, I was hard on myself with faith, with good intentions. My goodness, no wonder I was so exhausted. You know, I learned now faith is a rest. Faith is a rest. I'm just enthralled with the treasure and say, my, 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 my. This is making my heart happy. And then the treasure, the finished work of Jesus moves me. And the most surprising things begin to happen in my life. It's thrilling. And that's what happens for you too. So just stay thrilled with the treasure of God's love. Stay thrilled with the cross. Have it, have it your focus. Gaze on Jesus. Realize you're as good to God as Jesus is. Now if you can believe that, it'll make you really thrilled. Because it's the gospel truth. You're that good to God. Did you like the word tonight? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My, 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 my. I'm having such a good time. Praise the Lord. Your pastor texts me today. I should text him right now. I said, Pastor Mark, I just finished preaching. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> praise the Lord. You're loved. You're accepted. You look good to God. As rotten as you've been. Yes. As a rascal as you've been. And you're under guilt and condemnation. Oh, Keith, I'm such a loser. Get over it. Change. Transform by beholding the Lamb. Look to Jesus. Thank God you can have godly sorrow lead, lead you to repentance. That means you change your view of you. And you get it on Jesus and follow Jesus and look to the Lamb and be empowered and equipped by His Spirit. Not to repeat your carnal, fleshly, you know, uh, you know, expressions. Yeah. Don't be so hard on yourself. Your sin will give you problems among men. So you sin, it'll mess with your marriage, your mind, your body, it'll rip you off. The devil comes steal, kill, and destroy. Sin will give the devil an access in you. But I tell you, before the Father... You don't have to stay in the back part of the parking lot. You come, you look to the Father, and, and the Father's always gazing. It's amazing. And when He just sees you turn, He'll run to meet you and put some of those big old sloppy Middle Eastern kisses all over you. <laughs> just kissing you on every side, on both cheeks, and you say, Oh, Father, I'm such a loser. I really screwed up. I. You know, had terrible thoughts. I'm lustful. I'm this, I'm that. The father said, I'll be still. Come on, my son. Come on. Let my love grip you, grab you. Let's eat, drink, and be merry.
Let's have us a time. You were lost in a bunch of junk, but you're found again in my love. Awesome. Don't ever be afraid of the Father's love. And don't ever think it's a run out. Don't ever think you overdid it. You haven't. Faith is for you. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. Put your hands on your heart. Father, bless these precious ones tonight. Thank you that we can fellowship one with another. Thank you that we can laugh. Thank you that we can cry. Thank you that we're not hard-headed. Thank you that we're not hard-hearted either. Thank you that we're tender with the treasure. Thank you that it can move us to joy. Thank you that we can smile. Thank you that we can say to ourselves, I look good to God because of Jesus. Thank God we can say, Jesus, what you have, I have. Who you are, I've become in Christ. Wow. Father, bless ye these these people. Fix them fully. Let Let them abide and rest in your love. Let them enjoy you. And Father, let them know that you enjoy them. Let them know you've got nothing on them. Let them know that they're in Christ. Friend, if you're not a believer, you might as well be one tonight. If you're on the outside thinking, my goodness, I need to be on the inside. You're welcome. Come on in. Put your faith in the finished work of Jesus. He died for you. He took your sin for you. He went to the grave and took your punishment eternally so you never need to be punished again. And he conquered death, hell, and the grave so death has no more sting to you. You're going to be eternally accepted before the Father, all based on the Lamb of God. So you might as well get happy and live right and be right and have a good old time. Might as well look at others in that redeemed innocence as well. See them through the finished work of Jesus and announce it to them so they don't live such disturbed life tormenting themselves and tormenting everybody about them. Father, bless these, your precious people. We receive of your love. We receive of your grace. And we say, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name and all God's people said.